Um, but the, the, the question that I have today is uh, for Easter Sunday, why, why a resurrection? Why would you want to have a resurrection? If you look at all the other religions and all the other theologies or whatever they may be, no one in those religions dies and comes back to life. There's only one faith, there's only one religion that speaks about life, death, and resurrection. Because there is only one Jesus Christ and is only one Savior who has come to save the world. Now, this didn't just start with a three-year ministry of Jesus. <laughs> it started in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve were. <laughs> and in their sin, they found separation, spiritual separation from God and separation from life, death in their spirit and death, uh, that physical death. Because when God's breath is in someone, in us, we never die. And so it was important that God provide a way that we would live eternally and that we would live with him. And so through the, throughout the history, through Noah and the, and the flood and through Moses and the, the Ten Commandments and leading people out of Egypt, they were freed from Egypt because of the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their homes and the angel of death could not go where the blood of the lamb was was uh, upon applied to their doorposts and in our lives jesus christ died upon the cross his blood was shed and where the blood of jesus christ covers death cannot be <laughs> you know death does not have the ability evil does not have the ability to ex extinguish the light of one candle all the darkness in the world cannot blow out one candle. And so evil in all of its force cannot take away the life that God has breathed into. And because of that, we have life in Christ. We receive communion because we are celebrating not only his death, but we are celebrating his resurrection. And we, we, we spoke of in Sunday school, but we're, we're going to do it a, again. Well, Romans chapter 6, verse 8, I'm just going to read it. It says, could it be any clearer? This is Paul's thought to the Romans. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Paul says, if there's no resurrection, we're of we're all people, we're most miserable. <laughs> we're believing a lie, and we're trying to do all these things that don't really matter. And Paul says, it's Jesus is alive, and because he is alive, therefore we do these things. And, but not only do we do them, we are subjecting ourselves to Christ and his, the Holy Spirit to help us do these things. So we are always praying and recognizing that God is with us. <laughs> we are with him, never separated. So Paul says this, could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin-miserable life. No longer uh, at sin's every beck and call. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. <laughs> when I confess my sins, I am allowing myself to participate in Christ's sin conquering death. Christ died on the cross so sin would be conquered. So in our lives, 
Sin does not have a foothold. Sin does not belong. Sin is on a slippery slope that can't hang on. And whenever the blood of Jesus Christ is there, sin, evil, tries to attack our lives, tries to attach itself to us. But, we, but uh, evil recognizes that because Christ is there, it cannot get a foothold. It tries to get a foothold through addictive behaviors, but it's trying to create a lie so that people will not believe that it's on a slippery slope. It cannot hold. It cannot stay. And so the blood of Christ cleanses us and creates that slippery slope, that inability to get a foothold, and tries to convince us otherwise, and in, our, in, our, in a people's addictive behaviors and in their mindset, they are believing a lie that whenever they are following through on their addictive behaviors, if they have Christ in their life, they can rid themselves of these things. Now, I know that it's more than just give your life to Christ and all the addictions go away. I know that there's a process involved there too for many. But the idea is Christ is telling us and Paul is telling us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, if we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. You know, I have been with hundreds of people when they die. And I've never been with a person who understands Christ and forgiveness. I've never seen any one of those individuals die afraid. Now, some have been anxious, but they were not terrified because we haven't been there. But, you know, I've been with people who denounce Christ who, who say that Christianity is a lie and they don't believe in, they, they believe in who knows what. And when they die, they are terrified of death. They're terrified of their future because one individual was hanging onto the bars of his bed and his family was saying, he's an evil man. He's always been an evil man. And he's hanging on the bars of his bed and he says, I feel like I'm on fire. That's never been. And you know what? In the, in the exact opposite room, joining the, the room next door, room five and room six, the six is, room six is a guy hanging on, feeling like he's on fire. And room five is this person who is just at peace and saying, I can't wait to see Jesus. You see, there is a difference. And it isn't that we just have this idea in our heads. We have this understanding in our spirit, in our heart. And Paul has this. He said, we are, we are included in this life-saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal to the end of death as the end. When Jesus rose from the dead, death is not the end. It was the end of death. <laughs> Jesus rose from the dead. Never again will death have the last word. People, whenever they die, we often say they are lost. <laughs> we lost our loved one. Our loved ones are not lost. They are with Christ. They are not with us. We miss them. And we grieve for their loss. But they are not lost. They are with Christ. So, when Jesus died, he took sin down with him. When Jesus died, sin was in its, in its destructive capacity was taken down. 
But alive, he brings God down to us. When he died on the cross, he took sin down, as it were, to hell, and he brought God down to us. From now on, think of, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language. <laughs> sin speaks a dead language. That which breaks God's law, breaks God's heart. Sin is a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue. <laughs> God speaks the, the, that which resonates with our, our spirit. Because the spirit in us is the spirit that was given to us by God. He breathed into us and he made us an eternal being. And in our spirit, God breathes and he speaks. It is the round peg that goes into the round hole. You know, it is the, the, the truth of eternity, the truth that just finds a merger with our spirit. God speaks that language that touches our heart. And you hang on every word. You are dead to sin, you are alive to God, and that's what Jesus did. <laughs> On the cross, descended into hell, took, dead, took <laughs> the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and, there's, and I'll, quit, I'll quit with this. Uh, when Jesus is in hell, alive, he, may, he took the works of Satan, the evil, and the Bible says that he took Satan to naught. Mean he made Satan nothing. Here is the prince of evil, and the, 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 the language that I, I think of, the imagery that I think of, is a little child with a baby doll, and how that they have the baby doll that is a rag doll and just dragging the dog around, doll around. <laughs> While Satan was drug around hell, he had no power, he had no authority, he had, could do nothing to resist the life and the power that is in God. And so he brought the work of evil to nothing. And evil is afraid that we will understand in our spirit that God is with us and nothing is impossible with God in you. God has only positive things to say to you. God is not the guilt person. God is the inspiration person. God does not guilt us into action. He leads us. Guilt is a manipulator. God leads us by his spirit. And so by his word, he speaks to our heart, and he gives to us eternal life through forgiveness. Amen? That's the resurrection part of it. <laughs> so we understand that Christ died for us that we might live for him. And everything that would tell us that we can't live for God is a lie. Everything that speaks to us that God loves us, forgives us, and will take us on in our life, cutting us off from all the failures of our past, that's forgiveness. See, forgiveness separates us from all the failures of our past, all the hurts of our past, and prepares us to live today and tomorrow in his presence and in his word and to live for eternity. Amen? Let's stand. <laughs> Jesus, we thank you <laughs> that you give us eternal life. You give it to us because we ask for your forgiveness.
we are forgiven. And God, now we are in your hands and nothing can ever separate us from you. We ask your blessing upon each one, upon our families, our friends. God, watch over us and keep us. Keep us close to you because we know that we are with you. You are with us. We pray these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Happy Resurrection Day.